hallelujah praise god um it's my pleasure to welcome each and every one of us to tonight's word wonder um most especially our online viewers we we don't take you for granted we thank god that you are you are consistent with the word of god in the house of um, love's domain family assembly and um, thank you once again for making yourself available to be blessed by tonight's teaching hallelujah and to everyone all over our campuses we say welcome god bless you it's it's good to have you and i'm sure that the word of god that is about to come um via our reverend Olabanjoladi, boy is going to bless your life once again i especially enjoyed sunday service sunday service was explosive if you joined us on our facebook handles at um, Olabanjo you know you you would you would you would know that ah sunday service was what was what was what being in the presence of god hallelujah and we were looking at the third block in the building blocks of life series which is knowledge hallelujah and um, reverend dealt extensively with um, knowledge and we were so blessed so tonight to take us further into the word of god i want us to prepare our hearts prepare our minds uh, to meet with god on this holy mountain and i'm very sure that you will um enjoy every bit of it uh in jesus name amen quickly turn your bibles to the book of psalms chapter 95 as is our custom where a bible um acting church and where a bible studying church hallelujah psalm 95 and from verse 1 i'll be reading verse 1 through 5 hallelujah come let us sing for joy to the lord let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song verse 3 for the lord is the great god the great king above all gods in his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belongs to him the sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land verse 6 and i'll stop there come let us bow down in worship let us kneel before the lord our maker for he is our god wherever you are be it in the united states be it in uh, um, japan be it in south africa be it in quality church be it in a lagos church be it um, in a current church i just want you wherever you are right now and open up your mouth and shout to your king come on worship him uh, the bible says let's bow down and worship him uh, thank him for who he is he's our great king uh, open up your mouth wherever you are and worship the name of the lord uh, worship the king of kings worship the lord of lords uh, worship the ancient of days worship the the soon coming king come on open up your mouth uh, lord we exalt you we thank you we come before this holy mountain and we lift up our voice uh, and say blessed be your holy name uh, there's no god like you open up your mouth uh, come on charge up the atmosphere around you wherever you are and bless his name come and worship the king bow before him let's stand in awe of his majesty come and open up your mouth and sing a song to him wherever you are make music or give him the thanks give him that he deserves give him the worship that he deserves give him the praise that he deserves give him the glory that he deserves he has preserved you from all evil he has sustained your life he has given you the opportunity to be among the living this god is faithful to his word come on thank him and worship him our father we exalt your name we give you all the glory we give you all the praise we thank you because you are our benefactor you are our life you are our source you are the pillar on which we rely on lord we say be thou exalted oh the bible said if i did not be for the lord who was on our side oh thank him because god is on your side thank him because grace is on your side thank him because his 
mercy is on your side. Thank him because his love is on your side. Come on, give him all the praise. Give him all the glory. Thank him for his word that is about to come. Thank him for his word that is about to hit you. Thank him for his word that is about to reposition you. Thank him for his word that is about to change your mind. Come on, open up your mouth and thank him. Thank him for the things that he has done. Thank him for the things that he is doing in your life. Come on, thank him for the things that is yet to do for you. Open up your mouth wherever you are and lift up your voice and make a new song unto the Lord. Come on, open up your mouth and thank him for his faithfulness. Thank him because he is God over us. Oh, make a joyful noise wherever you are. Make a joyful noise wherever you are hearing the sound of my voice. Come on, lift up your voice and say, thank you, Jesus. And so, our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Because you are faithful to us. You are faithful to your people. We exalt your name. Thank you for everyone that is under the sound of my voice. Thank you for everyone that is about to hear your word. And so, my Heavenly Father, I pray that after this meeting, Lord, they will have their testimonies in their hands in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Come on, can you give the Lord a clap wherever you are? Come on, celebrate Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. God bless you. Again, I want to welcome us to tonight's Bible study. It's always an awesome time to gather together around the Word of God. I love that song that says, I have a wonderful treasure, the gift of God without measure. He said, we shall travel together, my Bible and high. What a powerful song that is, praise God. I mean, when you cherish the Word of God, when you place value, premium, on the word of God, when the word of God becomes something that you do not joke with, that scripture uh, becomes fulfilled in your life. When it says, let the word of God, let the words of Christ dwell richly in you in all wisdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Once again, I welcome you to tonight's Bible study. I believe you had a wonderful time praying with Pastor Stanley Okokoye just earlier on. Glory to God, and I believe that tonight you're ready, you're set. Get your writing materials ready. Get your pen, your papers ready for what God is about to say uh, to us tonight. From all over the world, we welcome you from China, from Japan, from Australia, from Africa, from <clears throat> Shokoto, Kaduna, Ghana, Accra, from Dakar. Wherever you're joining us from, we welcome you powerfully. And to our church members in Kuala and Delta State, we know that you're seated, gathered together in that auditorium. Welcome to tonight's service. And if there's anyone who is worshipping with us for the very first time, I welcome you powerfully uh, into our midst. You're welcome to a family of love, a place where you find a brother, a place where you find a sister who will stand with you through every thick and thin of life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, just before we go into the word of God, I'd like us to bow our heads and say a short word of prayer uh, tonight. Father, we thank you. We magnify your holy name. To you alone be all the praise. To you alone be all the glory. What a mighty, mighty God you are. You are being a good, good father unto us. Uh, what can we do without you? Where would we be? without you if not for you O oh god uh, our life will have become miserable the bible says if christ was not resurrected from the dead he said we are all men most miserable which is the truth but we thank you because you sent your son to die for us and he did not just die but he resurrected on the third day and we thank you oh god for the word of life that you have given to us that you continually speak to us from this exalted altar we thank you, O oh God, because your word keeps changing us. Your word keeps molding us. Your word keeps inspiring us. Your word keeps bringing light to us. Your word keeps bringing me 
miracles to us. So tonight we stand in all of you and we say thank you, Jesus. And Father, we pray, oh God, that tonight will not be uh, any different from our previous services. In fact, we trust you that tonight is going to be way, way better than we have ever experienced. Let the word that will come, let it mold us, let it change us, let it conform us to that image of Christ. We bless your holy name. Let every of our listeners tonight, either on our YouTube channel or on our podcast, let their lives be blessed by the word that is going to be coming forth tonight. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you uh, for being a part uh, of tonight's service. We appreciate you so much. Glory to God. All right, let's get down to business very quickly. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Um, we started a series this month, Building Blocks of Life. I'm sure for those of us who have been following the series, you have been tremendously blessed by the Word of God. We started from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and we began to look at uh, the foundation where Paul began to talk about the foundation that has been laid. And he said there's no other foundation that can be laid except that which has been laid. And he said that the foundation is Jesus Christ. Then he went further to show us that different people will come and they will build on top of that foundation. Now he said different people will come with different materials and they will build on top of that foundation. He said some will use gold, some will use straw, some will use A. Uh, some translation use the word grass. Some people will even come with audacity and they will build grass on top of it. But Paul said when they build with grass, one of the things that will happen is that at the end of the day, irrespective of the material that you build with, Paul said that your work is going to be tested by fire. That means whatever you build on that foundation is going to pass through fire. And Paul said that some people's work will be burnt off. In other words, when their work passes through fire and it comes out at the other side, there's nothing that they will have to show for that they did because all their works will be burnt off. The only thing that will remain firm is the foundation upon which they built. Glory to God. And I told us on Sunday that the reason why the foundation will remain is because that foundation was not built by them. That foundation was built by God. And that's why that foundation will not be destroyed. And so Paul said, ultimately, even those whose work has been burnt off and they have nothing to show for it, he said they will still be saved. Glory to God. And I feel like no matter how you look at that statement, I feel that's good news. Glory to God. He said no matter what happens to your work, he said you will still be saved. You are still going to enter in. You will be saved. But he said it's going to be as by fire. It's going to look as if you're passed through fire. But you are still going to be saved. Glory to God. So, I mean, it's, it's just amazing to know the extent to which God will go to ensure that we are saved. I mean, it's just amazing that he will go to such land to give us a salvation that is guaranteed. Not one that we are not sure of. Glory to God. Is Christians who don't understand the word of God that are not sure of their salvation. They are thinking, oh, maybe when the trumpet goes up, maybe I will go or maybe I will not go. Praise God. But a believer who understands the word of God will realize and understand and come to a place where he accepts that his salvation cannot be taken away from him. Glory to God. So he said they will pass through fire, but they themselves, they will be saved. Hallelujah. Then he began to talk about, you know, earlier I talked about the different kind of materials that people used to build. But I, uh, in the depth of the revelation that God has given to me, I saw in the book of Second Peter chapter 1, uh, the building blocks of life. Now, those things that where you begin to lay them on that foundation, praise God, eventually, ultimately, two things that is going to do for you. Number one, when your work passes through fire, your work is going to come out shining. That's the first one. Then the second thing it will do for you is that it will give you a good life while you're here on planet Earth. 
It will give you a good life. It will give you a fulfilled life. Hallelujah. It will ensure that you have the best of God while you are here. And the first foundation that we looked at. Now let's turn our Bibles to the book of Second Peter chapter 1. Because that is our main text. This is where you'll find all the building blocks of life. Second Peter chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 5. It says, and besides this, he said, give it all diligence. He said, add to your faith virtue. Give it all diligence. He said, add to your faith virtue. Now, faith was the first block that was being laid. Praise God. And we talked extensively about faith. I made us realize that faith is something that a believer should not be uh, asking, uh, do I have faith? That's not the question, uh, or, or let me put it this way. A believer should not be in the position where he's being asked, maybe he has faith or not. Because for the first step to even believing in Jesus is a step of faith. So a believer is not somebody you should be asking, oh boy, do you even have faith? No, 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 no. That's not a question to a believer. Now, somebody will say, oh, but Jesus was asking his disciples, or he told his disciples that if you have faith like a mustard seed, yes, he could ask them because I showed us that even though Jesus lived in the New Testament portion of your Bible, but in reality, that was the Old Testament times. So he could ask them, or he could tell them that if you had faith, that means they didn't have, that's why he said if you had but in the New Testament, Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Every one of us. You see, your faith may be very tiny, but you've got some. And the Bible said, as small as it is, it will move mountains. Glory to God. Your faith will move mountains. So, but, I mean, if you want to hear what I spoke or what I taught, about faith, then you know to go to our podcast on uh, Anchor FM slash Love the Bain Family Assembly and listen. I mean, building blocks of life one, two, three, four, five. They are all there for you to get blessed. Praise God. So, faith is the first block. Then the next thing is virtue. Now, I told us virtue talks about moral excellence. Moral excellence. You have to be morally excellent to enjoy the best of God while you're here. And one of the persons that I used was the man called Joseph. If he had failed morally, what will have happened to him is that the best of, of what he will have become was to be, um, you know, Potiphar's wife sugar boy. <laughs> Praise God. That would have been the best. Now, in his mind, he will be thinking, yes, I'm enjoying but he will have missed out the, on the best of God concerning his life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So as a Christian, as a believer, that's one block that you should not joke with. That block virtue, that block moral excellence. And on Sunday we looked at knowledge. Knowledge, powerful. Hosea said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And I showed us how important knowledge is. How crucial knowledge is. How vital knowledge is. When you do not have knowledge, you will pay for not having knowledge. When you don't have knowledge, I'm telling you. And you find out there are a lot of Christians everywhere who even though they are believers, but because they do not have knowledge, they are suffering over what it is that they do not know. And that's why as a Christian, when you become born again, one of the things that you must be taught, or let me say it this way, one of the things that you must strive to know is the things are the things that God has designed for the new creation. You must find out. You must find out how you became righteous. You must find out how you became sanctified. You must find out all of these things. Glory to God. Because God has given to us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. So you must find out. You must not allow there, to, allow there to be a knowledge gap. Because that knowledge gap can cost you a whole lot. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now that's just a recap of all that we've been dealing with. Now look at what he now says next. He said, and to knowledge, he said, add, add to knowledge temperance. That's the next block. Foundation. We laid faith on it. We laid virtue on it, moral excellence. Then we laid knowledge on it. 
And the next block is saying that show belief is the word temperance. Now, I want to read to us um, from different translations so that we'll be able to have a good understanding of what Peter is talking about here. Now, look at what he says from the NIV. Glory to God. Now, he says, and to knowledge, he said, add self-control. Did you see that? Had self-control. So, when you have laid the, I mean, when the foundation has been laid, don't forget, laying the foundation was not your work. It, that was God's work. The foundation has been laid. Now you have put faith on it. You have put virtue on it. You have put knowledge on it. Now I said the next thing you should ensure that you put to have a solid structure is temperance, which is being also which also means self-control. Now, self-control is something that will get you to the place that God has designed for you. In fact, let me quickly show us a scripture. Glory to God. Uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 25, uh, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 25. We're still going to come back uh, to uh, our text. Proverbs chapter 25. Glory, glory to God. I hope somebody's getting blessed out there. Proverbs chapter 25. Uh, verse 28. Glory, glory to God. Now look at it, this. Uh, this is from the NIV. He said, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. He said, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Now, let me let me read it to us from, you know, the, the King James that, you know, I know a lot of us are holding, you know, out there. Look at what he says. He said, he that had no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. He that has no rule over his own spirit. Now, the other transition that we read earlier, NIV says, the one who lacks self-control is like a city whose walls has been broken through. Now, you may not understand what Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, was talking about here if you don't understand how cities are built in those days. You know, these are times where we have large cities that, I mean, even if you say you want to fence those cities, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So, we don't fence cities any longer. Praise God. Uh, we may just put gates at some certain point. But to, in those days, what they do is that they fence cities round about. So that the city can be protected uh, from invaders, from, uh, from outsiders, from, from, from war, uh, and what have you. Praise God. And that's why you find a city like Jericho was surrounded by walls. And the Bible described that, that, that wall, he said the thickness of that wall, it was so thick to a point that six chariots can stand side by side. Very thick wall. And Israel needed to get into that city. But that city was a walled city. So when you have a city who has a wall around it, what happens is that whatever comes into that city or whatever is going to go out of that city, they are being controlled. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. They are being controlled because you have a gate and everything that passes through that gate is monitored. The guards at the gates, they watch out for the things that come in and the things that go out of that city. Glory to God. Hallelujah. One of the challenges that we have in a country like ours is, be is because, you know, even though most countries don't have walls around them, but we have borders where we have our custom officers, our immigration officers, but to find different things going out of Nigeria and coming in, there is no control. Glory to God. But when you go to advanced countries, they ensure that their border is reinforced. I mean, I mean, you, you find soldiers, you find all kinds of stuff. Praise God. At the border, nothing goes out without them monitoring it. And nothing comes in without them also monitoring it. So it's very important, especially in those days, for cities to have walls. Now, so when you understand that, you will now understand what Solomon, the writer of the book of Proverbs, was saying here. That the one who has no rule over his own spirit. In other words, the one who, does, who cannot exercise self-control 
is that it's like a city without walls. One translation says. But another translation says it's like a city whose wall has been broken through. Now one translation says it's like a city that has no walls. A city that has no walls. Anything comes in and anything comes out. Glory to God. And a city who has walls, but a part of the wall has been broken through. Anything can also come in and anything can also go out. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So he said self-control. Now going back to what Peter was sharing with us. Let, let's go back uh, to our, our main text uh, this evening. Second Peter chapter 1. Glory to God. Uh, from verse 5 again. Where he says, he said, add, add to your uh, add to your knowledge temperance, which is self-control. So, when you are somebody that cannot exercise self-control, Solomon said that you are like a man, a city that has no walls. Anything comes in and anything goes out. And I want to tell you that when you live life on that plane, where there's no self-control, where you cannot exercise self-control, you are living on a dangerous path. You are living on a path where uh, <laughs> you, you, you see, our mind is so powerful. Let, let me start from there. Our mind is so powerful. Our mind operates, works like a computer. Whatever comes in or goes out, whatever enters into your mind, ultimately will find a place of expression. Oh, are you listening to me? And there are, there are gates that lead to our mind. Because our mind is the center that controls everything about our life. Alright, let me quickly show us something uh, also uh, in the book of Proverbs. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. Proverbs. Go to Proverbs, I think, chapter 4. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory to God. Proverbs chapter 4. I love the word of God. I love the word of God. Do you love the word of God? I love the word of God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 4. Um, and I'll read verse 23. Look at what it says. Uh, this is the King James. He said... Verse 23, yes. He said, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, let me read several transitions to us. Oh, glory to God. Aha. Now, look at this. This is the, the passion translation. He said, so above all, he said, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Let me read another one for us. He's still talking about the mind, the power of the mind. Now look at what it says here. He says, guide your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Oh, I love this. Let, let, me, let me see what the message translation says. Ah, uh, glory to God. Are you getting blessed over there? Let me read the message to us. I, I believe it's going to be powerful here. Praise God. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Look at what it says in the message. He said, keep vigilant watch over your heart. He said, that is where life starts. So life starts from your heart. Another word for heart there can also be your mind. What you allow into your mind. Glory to God. Because whatever goes into your mind ultimately becomes a fruit that will be produced by your life. Oh, are you listening to me? Whatever you see. And there are two gates to the human mind. What you see and what you hear. Those are the two gates to the human mind. 
Because what you see gets rubber stamped on your mind. Glory to God. And that's why sometimes if you've been to a place before and they take you to that place again, maybe after a very long time, you know, something just tells you that I've been here before. You know why? Because you saw that place. It may have been a very long time that you have been there, but because when you saw it, your mind has a way of capturing that moment and putting it into your subconscious somewhere. So even though it's been years, they're not bringing you there there's something that tells you that i've been here before sometimes it may be people some people you went to primary school together now the guy is looking fat he's looking chubby probably has sideburns he has beards but when you meet him something just tells you that i know this i know this guy from somewhere I know this person from somewhere. You can't place it. You can't tell exactly where you met. But something just keeps telling you that I've seen this person somewhere before. You know why? Because you saw that person. And that thing was registered on your mind. So what you see registers in your mind. What you see enters into your mind. Then the second way, the second channel into your mind is through your ears. What you hear, glory to God, what you hear becomes a fruit that your life produces. Glory to God. What you hear, the things you listen to, the kind of music you listen to, the kind of people that you run with, their language, what they say, glory to God. You, you know, for example, if, if you... If you now, I, now, I'm not saying this to um, maybe... You know, look down on some set of people. No, that's that's not my intention. I will never do that. Uh, it's not what I'm about to say. Is not to maybe look down on some people or exalt some people above some people. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But you, you see, in a place like Nigeria, in Lagos, Nigeria, when you find somebody who you maybe probably you're trying to introduce yourself to, and you say hello, ha, good morning, how are you? And the guy goes ah, you know. <laughs> Uh, something just tells you uh, subconsciously your mind just goes to some particular areas of Lagos that that person may likely come from. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And the reason why that person is thinking like that or talking like that, sorry, is because of his environment. What he has heard while growing up has now formed his life. Oh, don't forget Proverbs that we read. He said, guide your heart with all diligence, for that is where life starts. I love that translation that says that it determines the course of your life. That means your life will go in the direction of the produce or the produce or the product of your mind. Now, Peter was saying that one of the blocks that will be laid, that will give you a reward when you get to heaven, that will ensure you have a good life here on earth is to be able to exercise self-control. In other words, you're able to control what goes in and out of your life. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? You don't allow life to leave you. Instead, you live life. <laughs> uh, did I say that? Maybe, maybe, maybe I say that, that maybe I've been a Yoruba English. Praise God. But I believe you understand what I'm saying. You should be intentional about your life. You should be able to control the things that come into your life. You don't allow anything, any kind of garbage to come into your mind. You don't allow any kind of friends to run around where you are. You don't allow, listen to me when it comes to friendship. Friendship is not by force. Friendship is by choice. I have the power to choose the people that I want to be my friends. Glory to God. I control everything around me. I control the music that I listen to. I control the channel that I watch. I control who I run with. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because without you being able to exercise self-control, what is going to happen is that you will be like a city that has no walls, that enemies can come in out, go in and out as they want. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Control over my life. Control over my thoughts. Hallelujah. And you see, if there's any way in which you should control your thoughts, your mind, your life, it's through the word of God. 
the more of God's word you have in you, the more you will be able to live out the God life on planet Earth. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Self-control, the ability, the ability. You see, sometimes your your mind or your body, you know, desires something, but you know that you're not supposed to go for that thing. You see, that ability for you to be able to say, even though I want it so bad, but I'm not going to go for it. I mean, there's a whole lot. I mean, there's a whole lot of power when you have self-control. You're not like a city. Who is without walls? You are heavily guarded. You are heavily guarded. What goes in is controlled. What comes out is controlled. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart of a man, the mouth speaks. What is stored up in your heart eventually finds a way to express itself through your mouth. So, it's one of the blocks of life. Let's go back to a text in Second Peter. Praise God. Because I want us to pick up one more, one more block tonight. We've got five, about five left. Praise God. And we have just two services to deal with this. But don't you ever forget that the foundation was laid by God. And you now begin to build your faith on it. That you put on your faith. On your faith, you put virtue, which is also moral excellence. And on that virtue, you add knowledge. You put knowledge because knowledge is critical to living life to the fullest. Then after knowledge, the Bible says add temperance, add self-control. The ability to control what goes in and out of your life. Including your thought. Including the kind of friends you have. Including the kind of movies you watch. Including the kind of music you... Do you understand what I'm talking about? Including the kind of places that you go. Because all around us are things that can influence the way we live our lives. Do you understand what I'm talking about? One of the things that we call peer pressure. The people that fall to peer pressure is basically because they do not have self-control. I'm telling you, they do not have self-control. They feel like, ah, I should. You know, it's interesting to know that people who fall to peer pressure, at, at the time, just before they fell, somehow they always know that this is not the direction in which I should go. But something just keeps pushing them. Something just keeps moving them in that direction. Something just keeps telling them to go in that direction. And you find that at the end of the day, they get into stores that they can no longer handle. Why? Because they became a city that has no walls around it. They allow any kind of friend to come in. They allow any kind of movie to come in. They allow any kind of music to come in. So they begin to live their lives anyhow, based on what they have allowed into their mind. And whatever goes into your mind, you will finally live it out. And that's why this oh my god this self-control thing is very important because if i allow the word of god to dwell in me richly in all wisdom you know what happens to me every time i face a situation my uh, my natural response becomes what the word of god says about it why because i've controlled my environment i've controlled what i allow into my mind i've controlled what i hear i've controlled what i see I've my eyes oh my god my eyes is focused on the word of god so my natural response to the issues of life becomes what the word of god says oh are you listening to me tonight exercise self-control that ability to say no to those things that are pulling you that you know are not supposed to be pulling you oh can we go to the next block hallelujah Glory to God. Second Peter chapter 1. That's where we are. Now it says, alright, this is the message translation. Oh, can I read this? I think I love this. I, I've not even read the message since we started. Now look at what he said from verse 5. He said, don't, don't lose a minute in building on what you have been given. Did you see that? He said, don't lose a minute in building on what you have been given. He said, complementing your basic faith with good character. Then he says spiritual understanding. The next one, he said, alert 
discipline. Did you see that? Some other translation says self-control. Some other translation talks about temperance. But the message translation used the word alert discipline. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to make up your mind that this is how you want to live your life. And there's nothing that is going to move you out of the way that you want to live your life. I'm going to be living for God in my generation. There's nothing that comes my way that will derail me. There's nothing that comes my way that will move me out. I've made up my mind. I will live for God in my generation. Nothing will move me out of the way. Nothing will stop me. I'll keep going for God. I'll keep burning for God. I'll keep going for God. Alert discipline. Self-control. Oh, glory to God. Now, the next block. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, the next block, it says here, from the King James, he said, add to temperance, patience. Oh, I love this next one. He said, add to temperance, patience. That means add to your self-control. He said, the next block that you should lay. You know, you, you, you saw the way the message translation put it. He said, the building. Let, let me go back and, and read it to us uh, from the message. I, I, just love, I just love the way the message put it. Look at it. He said, don't, don't, so don't lose a minute in building on what you have been given. Did you see that? In building, and we're talking about building blocks of life. Don't lose a minute in building on what you have been given. Now, Peter began to roll out the things that you're supposed to build on it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, it's a heart to your temperance and patience. Now, patience is something... That is fast. We're fast losing it in our generation. Or let me say in this generation. Or the times that we live in. I mean it's a time that everybody wants everything fast. I mean you know. Instant. You know. And everything is fast becoming instant. Praise God. You know instant noodles. Praise God. <laughs> um, which other thing is instant there? Praise God. You know can I have some Tom? Instant, instant noodles, instant money, <laughs> fast cash, fast, even fast cars. I mean, fast, God bless you, fast food, everything. I mean, just let's let's just get it fast, fast. I mean, let it come quick, 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 quick. So you find people now. I'm not talking about young people who legitimately, you know, out of discipline out of hard work out of intelligence we're able to create wealth for themselves because all of us because I, these days i'm beginning to understand that not every young person that you see on the streets driving a mercedes benz of a very high class or a very high grade are actually yahoo yahoo boys you understand what i'm talking about before now i mean the natural thing that comes to your mind when you see a young guy driving a very big car exotic car you just come you just conclude that he must have done something because at his age he should not have what he has but i mean knowledge is moving things are happening there are a lot of businesses online now where even as a teenager if you learn you can make money so those are not the category of people I'm talking about. Now, I'm talking about people who, because they want instant wealth, they just want instant money, they are willing to do whatever evil they need to do, or whatever as the case may be, just to make that money. Because it's a, we live in a time and a generation where patience is fast disappearing. People can no longer wait. You see, the best way I always like to describe patience to us is, you know, using the ATM line. <laughs> you know, you, you need cash and you go to the ATM and there's a long queue on the ATM. I mean, you get there and you need to really move. Now, there are two things you, have to, you can do. You can join the queue and wait patiently on that queue until it is your turn. And you can also be on that queue 
Now, this, the two of them, both the first person and the second person, they are not jumping queue. Are you following me? They join the queue. But one person is, is even though he needs the money, like, let me quickly leave this place, he joins the queue, but, I mean, he's, he's just relaxed. But another guy comes, and every time he keeps, you know, he keeps peeping. Hurry up, hurry up, you know. Now, even though two of them are on the queue, one is patient, the other is not patient, even though both of them are on the queue. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And I'm sure that maybe, probably you that is listening to me tonight, you found yourself in that situation at one point in time or the other, where you need to get some quick cash. And somebody is by the ATM collecting 150000 and is collecting 10000 10, <laughs> You know? And somebody is at your back shouting, please, do you, you understand what I'm talking about? Patience is fast disappearing, and it's something that we must have. Now, let me quickly show something in the book of Hebrews. Glory to God. Let me quickly show us something uh, in the book of Hebrews. Turn your Bibles with me um, to the book of Hebrews. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. The book of Hebrews chapter 6. The book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6. Are you there? Hebrews chapter 6, and um, we're going to read uh, from verse 12. Or let, let's read from verse 11. Now look at what it says. It says, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Now what is the writer of Hebrews saying here? He said, let every one of us, that his desire is that every one of us show the same diligence. That means you are diligent to the full assurance of hope until the end. That means at every point in time, you are, you are committed to hope. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You are committed. There is a strong commitment you have to hope. And, and I'm telling oh my God, I'm telling you, these are the times where each and every one of us, if you don't want to get depressed, if you don't want to be put under by the economic situation in the world of Nigeria, of your environment, the government policies, the crazy politicians, if you do not want to be put under by any of those things, this is a time where you need to make a very strong commitment to hope. Now, what am I talking about? When you make a strong commitment to hope, what you are saying is no matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, there's a light ahead of me. When you're committed to hope, you will never be suicidal. When you're committed to hope, you will never ever think of, oh, uh, things are not going to get better. You will never think like that. Then you... Too, now, now, let's read the next verse so that I can bring this home. Look at what it says. He said that you be not slothful. Slothful. Now, after he said that you should be committed to hope, he said that you should be not slothful. He said, but followers of them who through faith, oh my God, did you see the first block showing up again? He said, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Did you see that? He said, followers of them, who through faith. Now, who are the people he's talking about? He's talking about the men and women that live before our time. That through faith and patience. So, faith alone, faith in itself cannot stand alone. You've got to have faith and patience together. Because the men that came before us, they obtained whatever promise was given to them through faith and hope. Now look at what he says in verse, uh, verse, verse 14. Verse 13, sorry. He said, for when God made the promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now, if you know the story of Abraham, you will know what the writer of Hebrews was talking about here. God made a promise to Abraham. God said, you will have a seed. And through your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. 
He was the age, was at the age of 75 when God told him he was going to have a child. But you and I know that it took the next 25 years before Isaac came. 25 long years. Now, can you imagine God telling you that you're going to have a child and for 25 years, nothing happened. But the Bible told us here that every single day, Abraham was waiting patiently on the promise of God. And what does that tell us? It, that's telling us that Abraham came to a point when he made up his mind that no matter how long it may take for the promise of God to come to pass in my life, I'm going to wait patiently. Why? Because the one who promised is not somebody that promises and fails. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh, the one who promised is someone who promises and does not fail. Whatever he says, he will do. Whatever he wants to do, when he tells you will do it or you can take it to the bank you can be sure that god will do it oh my god i love the way the writer of hebrews puts it he said when god wanted to make a promise to abraham he wanted to show abraham that see abraham i'm committed to my word and god said you oh my god you know it's interesting that god was the one that said we should not swear <laughs> uh, did you read it in the Old Testament? He said you should not swear. Don't swear by anything. But when God, you see, God was looking for a way to convince Abraham that see i've told you you will be blessed i've told you will have a child it does not matter how long it takes in your eyes i'm committed to my word and god will be trying to prove to abraham that that which i've said i'm going to bring it up god was looking for what you used to swear and you see when you want to swear you don't swear by something lesser than you you swear by something greater than you that's what you do you don't swear by, you know, if I look at someone, I say, you know, I'm going to do this for you. And the person says, uh, you will not do it. Then I say, I swear I will do it. You see, when I say I swear, I have to swear by something that is greater than me. For that person to be able to believe that what I've said I will do, I will do it. Now, when God was looking around for what to swear with, he looked at the moon and he discovered that he made the moon. So the moon was not equal to him was not greater and when he looked around and he saw that there was nothing else that was greater than himself the bible says he swore by himself that abraham don't worry in blessing i will bless you in multiplying i will multiply you he swore by himself he was committed to what he has said in other words no matter how long it takes abraham I am committed to what I have said. And I'm going to do it. So on the part of Abraham, what Abraham would need in order to obtain the promise of God was his faith coupled with patience. Oh, I wish I had time tonight to talk more on patience with us. 